party with your host brett brandis and his lovely co-host it's eric but he's gonna tell him his name it's also my name eric <laughs> and you know i i love being called lovely that was a good yeah I, that was there. a really high compliment i don't yeah. i don't give lovelies out willy-nilly you don't you lovelies don't. come I, on a on a very small number of occasions i guess you earned it in the moment, it felt right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was probably. A if we go into a review, part. you probably you don't probably want to just push past it at this point because it's right, happened. Yeah. We can't review it. We'll just yeah. push past. It was a We're back call. at the party today, uh, and we still got new cards to talk about. We have been struggling to get through them all, <laughs> as per usual. By the time we get through with this set. There'll be another one. <laughs> Next one will come out, yeah. <laughs> and considering we've already gone over like all of next year's products, I think we're gonna it's gonna continue all through next year. Like it's just Probably. a constant, like I think there's every every set now doesn't just mean one product. I think that's the big change. Every set now represents like three separate products that you're going to see. Right. And being and, and they've they've put the emphasis on the casual players. Like, that's where they're pushing all the product out. Like, a competitive player is not looking at a commander deck going, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to pick up six of these. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just for us. I mean, which is good. But yeah. yeah we, but now we're doing this, it's just like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, but, yeah, right. But, but for the review portion of it, it feels so over. Like, I'm not out there buying six products a year either. Mm. But, <laughs> like, right. we have to talk about them. I mean, yeah, we got to let everyone know what's out there. It's fun. At least it's fun to talk about. That's true. When we have the time. Uh, what are you going to be drinking today at this party? So, um, usually I'm a beer guy, but I realized I didn't have any. So, ah. I'm drinking some uh, whiskey. So, I've drank Red Breast before, but this is the Red Breast Lustau edition. Oh, I've heard the Lustau is incredible. From people that are like, what's your favorite ice? And they're like, you have to try the Lustau. And I'm like, I don't know what that is. but like, <laughs> yeah, It is really good. I'm not the... Best in descripting or describing what the, the oh sure like, it's flavor, flavor profile, profile. yeah okay. I I I do like it probably even better than this the, the regular than the than the twelve year the standard mm -hmm. twelve year yeah. okay and have you gone up to like the twenty one year on that or that is that that's probably oh, that's way right. out of the price that's range right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't know what they cost but I, yeah it goes up like exponential so it's like yeah. Because this one, it, in at least the place I was, it cost the exact same as the 12 years. So I'm like, all right. No way. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought the LaSalle costed a little more. But I, it's, it's, it I mean, might, the, but the 12 isn't a cheaper. It's not a cheap. Not a cheap. It's yeah. not. Yeah. It's, <laughs> well, th I think this is the first time we're both going to be consuming whiskey uh, at the same time. I don't think that's happened yet on the podcast. I don't think so. I am also sipping on whiskey today. I brought the bottle out. It is, uh, since it's a new set, this is the new riff. New riff. Nice, <laughs> nice. The new riff, uh, Bottled and Bond. So 50% on the money. Says it's aged at least four years, so rather young. Uh, it's got high rye, so 30% rye in here, which usually means it's going to be a little spicier. Spicy. I clearly drank a lot of the bottle, and yet I couldn't tell you how 
good it is. I don't I don't I've had a whole bottle of this now and I'm like, I don't know. Oh, well, it's it's good. probably good. Yeah, I don't know. It's good. I guess. It's either it's either like so good that because you kept drinking it or it's so bad you like had a bunch early and you're just like ah, i'm just gonna leave this here for another year <laughs> on my first sip there it's good it's very good it's it's incredibly good i mean you can tell whiskeys are incredible right because they last so long this is from 2017 and like you're not gonna have a beer from 2017 hanging around uh, but uh, this i guarantee you i might have bought in 2017 and i just still have it's almost gone but mm-hmm. i still have it today all right, I wanted to go over, we haven't done this in a while, and just catch up on, like, what new decks have you been brewing? What's going on in your personal Magic collection? What have you yeah. been buying? What have you been What have you been uh, focused on? Because uh, there's been a lot of sets in between when we last talked about where we were at building and now. So right. what have you been purchasing? Where are you at? Yeah, so I, after, I forgot if I mentioned this on the podcast before, but I don't, I don't know if we did, like, brews and stuff. Uh, yeah, we never have. Time. We've never done any brews of our own, really. But I, after bagging on the uh, the oh dungeon, yeah, that's right, the dungeon adventure, yeah, adventure yeah. deck, I built one, and it's, <laughs> a lot of fun. And it, it's fun. I imagine yeah. it would be really fun. It's not going to be overpowered, but it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Yeah, you. It it kind of feels like my cycling deck, where I'm like, I, I'm always yeah. going to do stuff. Like yeah. because that's the whole point of the deck is since you can only do it once per turn, it's about. Doing it four times a turn. Yeah, like, yeah, right. Every single person's do. turn. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, and it's an Esper color, so like your base level stuff is pretty strong. Yeah, <laughs> as it is. Uh, but yeah, it's it's kind of funny because a lot of times I don't even care about its like reanimation. <laughs> of trigger oh ability. right, yeah, it's last effect. You're just like, oh no, yeah. I, that's something that's there, I guess. Right. Yeah. It's all about <laughs> like, oh, when you venture into a dungeon you get like all your creatures get plus i don't know like you know other yeah you're trying to benefit from the small effects not necessarily getting to the end right which i imagine is tough i mean right yeah especially if you're going through that mad mage dungeon which i imagine you are considering you don't care about finishing your dungeons why not go through the one with the biggest payoff exactly yeah get there (laughs) that's what ends up happening because it's like okay you complete a dungeon i reanimate somebody i get to draw three cards and put a right so it just ends up being a massive turn anyway yeah that's cool that's sweet awesome i haven't built much uh i have plans though i i know i mean i'm really disappointed in my red decks performance and i i don't have another deck that even includes the color red which is baffling to me considering how much i love certain red cards well i have the the, the paco and halden cont- uh, contains red but it, it's so much not a focus in that deck hmm. <laughs> it's like you might as well consider that a green blue deck with like oh yeah red's there I guess. Red's also there yeah yeah <laughs> there for the gruel cards and the, very specific the cards. cards yeah basically just for the change the target card <laughs> like my favorite card in red uh deflecting spot i think is it um, yeah, yeah. but yeah, so I, I need to red deck. I have plans for a bunch. I still have mulling over maybe even, even back in the partners, there's a couple partner pairings that I was, I was really liking. Um, we'll, we'll see where all that goes. I honestly, my magic collection has been focused on modern recently. I yeah, just wanted been- to play modern and paper and I've just been buying up cards for modern and paper and I, and I have couple decks ready to blue mostly in the i'm playing around a lot in that five color uh, domain uh shell okay. and just 
what's nice about it, I found, is that I have so much brewing to do because it's five color. I could do whatever I want. Like I have all <laughs> yeah. the fetch lands now. I have all the shock lands now to build like the perfect and and triomes that I can literally have any five color deck that I want, and I can just mess around with it. That's pretty. So cool. it's, yeah, it's really the, fun. The biggest thing is getting those fetches and your land base and now those triumphs are probably are like 10 bucks if each I, they yeah, are so. which is incredible yeah because i definitely did not buy them for ten dollars um i imagine they're gonna catch a reprint soon i can't imagine they're gonna keep like i don't i don't think they want them going to twenty dollars yeah and <laughs> it's one of those enemies that's like yeah and command or in commander and like all any format with fetch lands in them like that's three colors it's like yeah oh, you, well, need, you need those lands you need these I think um, they got to reprint. They got to keep them to ten. I think ten's fine. That's a fine number, but they got to keep it to ten dollars. That's like yeah. I I hope hard stop. I hope that's like one of the lands they keep reprinting in commander decks that are three colors or more. I would love that they should right and set. I mean, yeah, even cool. even just getting like the frontier bivouacs right are good at like yeah. I even like just those being printed in there. Like they should any three color lands should be in all the decks. Yeah, exactly. It, although it's, one thing that's kind of funny when I was uh, when I was buying some of those uh, the triumphs is like the like the extended art versions were just like twenty cents more than the original <laughs> ones. So I was like, okay. I wonder, are they still comparable? Do you know offhand? I imagine they probably mm-hmm. are. I think so. Like, I bet they were open at the same rate, which is why they're kind oh, of a similar. Okay. So it's like, which which art do you like better? I mean, if yeah, if you like the. Yeah, and some people don't like the extension. I actually don't. Yeah, actually, on the Triome side, I did not like. I don't like the cartoony looking. Like it looks fake. It doesn't look like mm-hmm. a real Magic card. While the regular lands, I thought looked better. Maybe uh, there's like a, a couple exceptions. I think Indatha right. looks really good. That like mushroomy one. That looks right. Good. But the rest I didn't like. Um, either way, uh, let's let's review quickly. And <laughs> I wrote Adventures of Forgotten Realm here. Midnight Hunt. Which one? Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, just real quickly, some of the mechanics that we're going to see and just postulate on what whether they're making an impact in general. Some of these, I have to say, I didn't include in my list at all because I have no idea how good, like I can't even fathom how good they'll be. Mostly surrounding the day and night mechanics. Yeah, yeah. There are a lot of cards in there that trigger off of day switching into night. I don't know how good that's going to be. Yeah, like it's there. It could either go one of two ways. It's like either oh, once you start tracking, you're like oh, it just like switches. maybe it's like every turn. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. it could be because I could see like in the beginning part of the game if you have a cheap. Thing. It's just like oh, I didn't have a two mana ramp spell, so I'm gonna pass. And it's like ha, ah, now it switches to nighttime, and then you get to like play two mana rocks at one turn, and then it switches to day. Or I don't know. Yeah, it's like right. I mean, with that, I'll, I'll just I just want to point out one card because like I look at it and I go, I mean, it is entirely dependent on that, which I can't even fathom how good it's gonna be. That was Firmament Sage, or uh, which maybe one I spelled is... it wrong. It is just a four mana. Like two, three, like human wizard in blue, and all it says is that whenever night switches to day or day switches to night, you draw a card, mm-hmm. which is just a very big. But if imagine if you're drawing four cards from that thing every turn cycle, it that's right. insane. It is incredible. Right. Yeah, like so that card could be straight busted, completely and- underrated. You would never notice this dang thing. Yeah, firmament sage, yeah, three firmament. and a blue for a two-three human wizard. 
And all it does is draw you a card whenever day becomes night or night becomes day. And it, it, it will trigger the mechanic. It'll get the mechanic out there when he's enters. So you'll never not be with the mechanic. Yeah, and like how often... I, I try to think like, oh man, how often am I not going to play my second spell because of something like this? And it's like, mm, I'm probably going to do it. But how often am I going yeah, to right, play Yeah, right, because you can spell? guarantee yourself, right, if it's nighttime, you can guarantee, well, no, if it's daytime, you can guarantee and say, I'm going to not cast a spell, switch turns, bam, I draw a card. Right, exactly. And, and then somebody else on your opponent is like, oh, am I going to cast a spell now? Other than, or in an inopportune time, or slightly inefficient, like which I mean, so even spell or something. Maybe I should just include him on my underrated because I, now that I think about it, I'm like, I think going around the turn, you probably will draw a card. I yeah. I think you will. I don't think it's going to stay night the entire turn cycle. I imagine it will switch at least once, which means you'll draw at least a card every turn cycle. Which we play a lot of cards in Commander that are four mana enchantments that draw you a card. That just draw a card, like, yeah. <laughs> and and those are good. Those are good the, cards. If the base level is Phyrexian Arena, then you're just like, oh, this is pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. And you don't lose the life. Exactly. <laughs> and you might draw more cards. So anyway, that man, that was so... I mean, put him on the underrateds. We're including him. <laughs> um, the, next, the next one is easy to do in Commander. But yet, we look at some of the cards and they're not very impactful. That's the Coven mechanic. Super easy right. to do. So if something relies on its Coven mechanic, I think in Commander, you can depend on that. It's like, if you're looking as, yeah. at a card and going like, it's only good when it has Coven, you can go, oh yeah, but that means it's good. I mean, you'll yeah, have yeah. Coven. You'll, you'll have, have it. Coven. If you have like the ability to, I mean, like, token making spells notwithstanding, like, if you have... I don't know. Like your commander is going to be one of the cards. Yeah, it's going to have. It's going to sit there with something. <laughs> so, the card that has most of the coven cards are creatures themselves. So yeah, they'll have their own power. So you need like it's one other creature. One other creature. Yeah, yeah, it's like, pretty right. easy. <laughs> and random tokens are yeah. You're you're always crapping out random one ones and two twos like everywhere. So like exactly. you're at least covering those two numbers. Right. So like yeah, just get exactly. any other number. Uh, flashback is Commander All-Star, Commander Staple. Yeah. That's any card with flashback, automatically put it towards the top of the list of like, this is probably good. Going with that, Disturbed is flashback, but on creatures now. So, yeah, it's really going to be good. Now, again, we've looked ahead at the set, and I don't think there's many that really sparked my interest much in that. Uh, and then Decade, I've heard really negative response from Decade saying, like, these tokens are actually super difficult. Like, they didn't realize how useless these creatures really are. I don't know. I, some of the Decade cards are really strong. And but, that, but that's probably... I get that. I get that. It's a very obviously negative mechanic. Yes, right. they can't block, and when they attack, they die. Yeah, yes. I mean, yeah, they made it so that it's... That's and, why the cards are strong. And we and we both agreed that's like that's probably a good thing. Like token oh, God, strategies yeah. are just like so good. It's almost mm -hmm. like it's almost bordering on like <laughs> the graveyard strategies where there's like like there's so many decks that just also randomly can just create tokens. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's like, oh, and, it, and sometimes not creature tokens, sometimes it's like, oh, I make treasure tokens, or I do this, or I do this. It's like you just kinda have to have a there's just no way to like prevent tokens from coming out but right and usually it's all by you know like casting board wipes and stuff like that but still yeah um and then so, something two things that we included on our last time we did this and i like looked at them again and i was like 
That's still the case. There, Once again, there's no really money reprints here. There's none. This is a sure. new set. I mean, they, they have not reprinted like the mythics that we're used to seeing sometimes. Yeah, which is interesting coming from Innistrad, which has two other sets. Like, if you Yeah, like, reprint... couldn't they have brought something? Yeah, their big reveal was they brought back Delver of Secrets, and everyone was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's just <laughs> like, 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 I know probably Snapcaster Mage is too good for standard, but like, I don't know. Like, Yeah, was that supposed to impress us? I don't know. It, right. it didn't. The, so, only, like... the only one that's like anywhere near important to keep an eye on is Pithing Needle for modern. Yeah, but was that even an expensive card? I don't think it was. Not super expensive. Yeah, because I, I think they reprint that a lot. Uh, now, I will say the land cycle is awesome. Uh, especially yeah. for Commander, uh, specifically. They, they're, these are the slow lands, right? We have fast lands where it enters untapped if you control two or less. These enter untapped if you control two or more. Just perfect for Commander. I mean, just play yeah. these in every deck that needs them. Open these packs, guys, because Innistrad's an awesome set. You're going to love this limited format, and these lands are going to just stack up and just keep them, and you're going to play them in literally every deck. Yeah, yeah, these are perfect. They're they're perfect, yeah. These these are the best lands I've seen in a while. Yeah, there's nothing worse than opening, or like drawing your, like, oh, I need a land. And you draw, and it's like your rare, like, fast land that you had. You're just like, or you need, like, two or three of a basic land type or something. You're just like, <sighs> I mean, Never nothing mind. felt worse than opening packs of Strixhaven and getting the snarls, and I was just yeah, like, just "No!" <laughs> I would. At least when you open lands. these packs and you get the rare lands, you're like, "Great!" Like, awesome. Right. I, yeah. I, I'm going to use it. They're all awesome. They are all. I actually felt that way about uh, Zendikar Rising. I think the pathways are still fun too. Yeah, yeah, those are still good. They're fun. Yeah, I just have I have like a whole bunch of pathway lands, and I'm like, good. I don't know. I, I'll use them. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Still, they do. They're like untapped, like Terramorphic expanses, and those go in a lot of decks. Too. And and I think that it tracks here. Like you, I normally don't recommend buying packs, but I think you are perfectly safe to buy Midnight Hunt packs. You'll get some awesome lands out of it, and you'll just mm-hmm. be fine. You'll just be happy with it. Uh, all right, let's move into the set. We're going to start with our five strongest cards. These are cards that are going to be in the 99. They are not going to be commanders. Uh, they will be cards in the 99 that will make such a huge impact that they will take over games from the set. Yeah. They are the marquee cards. Where are you starting? What's your number? All right. I, I numbered mine. I don't know if you did. I numbered all I, mine. Again. I, can, I can get a, go- a quick numbering in here. Okay. All right, this one, and we... Brett and I had a conversation before this a little bit about, like, we were kind of uh, reaching a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I think on my strongest, I wasn't. At strongest, I went boom, 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 like straight up the list. That was the easiest column to do. Underrated was the hardest column to do. And then favorites, I I just had to suss out what I'm really trying to include. Yeah. like And and also, we'll we'll say we're not including any legendary creatures in this. So Mm -hmm. when we say... It's just, Correct. even though a creature might not be good as a commander, but is good in the 99, we already talked about that. So We already talked about the commanders, yep. Right. Or so any legendaries. We talked my about. Uh, number five and strongest is Morbid Opportunist. Oh, okay. Uncommon. Uh, and it's a three mana, one three, human rogue. Uh, it's cost two and a black. Whenever one or more other creatures die draw a card, this ability triggers only once each turn. 
Now, it is funny when we do these reviews because we, we have not previously mentioned any things that we right. talked about. I included this card, but on the underrated list. Ah, yeah. I looked at this card and thought that people would be definitely turned off by the fact that it triggers only... Every time you see that it triggers only once each turn, people are like, like yeah. yeah, yeah. I yeah. can't go infinite with this. Card. Yeah, oh, boo-hoo. Uh, yeah, I looked at this and immediately went like, yeah, you're drawing a freaking card every turn. Like, <laughs> like, how are you not? You're drawing a card every goddamn yeah. turn. That's so playing, easy. That's so guaranteed. For a three-mana creature, that's it. Like, yeah. geez, that, that card's nuts. And just think, like, usually, uh, like, single-target removal spells, like, are just not fit efficient enough for Commander. Yeah. But now, every single-target removal spell with this guy's out also says draw a card yeah. <laughs> on it. So th this was my number one, because I agree with you on how strong it is. I was like, yeah. this card's straight busted. Like, I feel like my number two and my number one are, like, maybe a little obvious on the mm -hmm. underrated but there are commons and uncommons that maybe people aren't like ready for. Like this is that's an uncommon that could be five dollars in like two years because oh, yeah. it's like the only printing it's ever had. All of a sudden, every black commander deck wants to play it because they yeah. realized it's amazing card draw. It's like that Ixalan card, uh, Pitiless Plunderer. Yes, I own like two of them, and they're like fifteen like, dollars or something. It's crazy, and it's just like that makes a treasure whenever a creature dies or something. Yep, like, that's exactly what it does. The big thing about this is usually this ability says like a non-token creature you control yeah, dies. Draw a card. Any creature, any creature that anyone other than play. him, it does not trigger off himself. Yeah, which is unfortunate, but usually that like I don't know, like yeah, you would like to get your card back. That does right, 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 right. There's a, there's a big downside to him, but I I agree with you. I'll I'll put him on strongest. Yeah, I, I said yeah. number one most underrated. I he'll see play, and he should see play. I mean, he's nuts. Right. Yeah. The, the, talk talk about cards that'll take over the game. It's gonna be like okay, like oh man, and then you look at like four like artifacts. One of them creates a token. The other one sacrifices it, and it's just like ah. Oh crap yeah. <laughs> like oh, this guy's drawing four cards extra a turn all of yeah. a sudden all right well my my number five pick for uh strongest and commander this i think is the most obvious in the entire set that's just like yep commander this is the moon silver key it is oh. a two mana artifact one and tap it sacrifice the moon silver key search your library for soul ring <laughs> Now, it doesn't state that on the card, but it does. It, it says, does, yeah. search your library for an artifact card with a mana ability. Uh, so you can also get Mana Crypt, which is another staple, but uh, more of the CDH scene. Um, right. Or a basic land card. So you could use it to fix um, in your cheap deck that, you know... Well, I mean, you're running Soul Ring, though, so you're grabbing Soul Ring. Right. But it also ramps you as well. It's also a uh, rampant growth in any non-green deck. Yeah. Um, so I'm, the card's just like a automatic staple. I I wouldn't. You could play this in every commander deck. You could. Yeah, it's it says four mana soul ring on it. Yeah, that's basically what it is. And Which that is, is a, card. a good card. That's a play. That's a card that's played, and it that gets another a... card out of your deck called soul ring. Honestly, there's so many applications for this card though that it's like imagine you're like a Strixhaven Stadium deck, right? We just saw that yeah. card printed in Strixhaven that could win games, you can go fetch that with this. You can go fetch that Chromatic Orary, the, the yeah. seven mana tap for five mana and all everything taps for every color now. Honestly, this thing has so many applications. It's a tutor plus a mana rock. 
It's like everything that Commander wants. Right, yeah. I was going to point out the thing you exactly said. So many key artifacts have like, oh, tap, add a mana, just Mm -hmm. to make their floor playable in Commander. But that means you can... And there's a a card here. I I doubt it's on any of our, like, strongest lists. Like, uh, the Cel- uh, Celestris, I'm looking at from... Oh, the Celestis, yeah. The, the, yeah. the Day-Night one they printed for this set, you, right? The Day-Night one that also has a mana ability. In my Venture into Dungeon deck, there's an artifact that Ventures into Dungeon also has a tapped mana and a mana ability. Like, right. it's this card can just tutor a lot of also utility ones, if you happen to already have drawn your soul right. Right, they're also printing a lot more of those now in the Commander products specifically, right? We came out with that Cursed Totem one, the one that like copies oh, yeah. a creature when it enters. You can go get that. There's a new black one yeah. in the uh, Black Blue deck that I'm in love with. Um, so there's some really neat stuff that you can go... So just get this card, guys, and, and just... You put it in any deck. I mean, this thing's this thing is so obvious for Commander, it's ridiculous. Yeah, that was in my underrated cards. I, I, I could see that. I could see that because I, I was going to mention that too because I almost included it on my underrated and then I like thought about it and I was like, this thing's so dumb powerful for Commander. I just, I have to, I can't not include it in the strongest. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that, it, this, that card could have gone either way for me because yeah. it's like, it is super good. But also I think people would just be like, Oh, I, they're I gonna, got it in my right? car. They're like, it's not Soul Ring? What? Like, why yeah. would I want to pay for my Soul Ring? Because you want Soul Ring. <laughs> like, oh, are you kidding? Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's Soul Ring on turn three, and like, you're even on mana that turn because you, you paid the one, then you paid one for Soul Ring, and you get your two mana back. You're even on mana on turn three with the Soul Ring in play. That, yeah, that that like, seems absurd to me. That seems absolutely absurd. <laughs> yeah, and like you're you'll never run out of targets. Mm-mm. Okay, moving up um, the list. Moving up. The hard list. to follow that. It's hard to follow that. I will try my <laughs> best. Okay, so I'm gonna. There's two cards that are kind of do the same very similar thing. So I'm gonna talk about a different one. I have to um, imagine us in our top four are gonna cross over at least once, if not twice. I I, I yeah, oh, man, the four top four that I have seem like it's just bonkers. Like just So um yeah I imagine we're gonna we're gonna see uh some crossover. But this one this is like my like oh bringing back the dark horse strongest one of the strongest cards in the set. Okay. Uh, obsessive astronomer another uncommon it's a a two mana two two uh for one and a red it's a human wizard if it's neither day nor night it becomes day as it enters the battlefield whenever day becomes night or night becomes day discard up to two cards then draw that many cards yeah it's neat neat effects again this goes hand in hand with my first argument of the blue card if you think this card's good i probably would even include the blue one over this guy just because the blue one is just straight draw card, it costs two more. But I think the just straight draw effect. If you're looking at like, well, how often does the day become night? Like, the fact that you're getting card advantage from the blue one, and you're just digging a lot with the red one, just makes me feel like the blue one's where you want to be for this. So I have I I agree with everything you said. However, I don't. I'm not looking at the discard as a downside, really. Okay. So, you're seeing it as like you're putting this in a deck that's going to discard as well, and man, you're just getting everything out of this. Card. Right? Yeah, it's like if you have you're a just, lot of graveyard synergies, you just want stuff in your graveyard. Like you discard some 
you need to draw lands, you discard some cards for your reanimation deck or whatever. I also love like this guy paired with like conspiracy theorists and they're like <laughs> they're such similar cards and that's hilarious. They're both two oh, yeah. mana, like one and a red two twos that are nutso that are that are just pairing well together because they're just like throwing things everywhere. <laughs> Very fun chaos card. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think this card is going to be like if you just throw this in a random deck, I don't know if it's better than the blue card. The yeah, right. Uh, I think generically, if I wanted to say strongest, I'd go with the blue one. The uh, yeah, what is he called? Fir Firmament Sage. Yeah, but um, if you can take advantage of discarding cards, discard, being not this could be a downside. Sweet. Then th I think this card, which is a lot harder to do in commander specific, I tried a bunch, uh, and it is tough to get uh, take advantage of discarding command right. in, in limited and, and constructed. It's so easy. You stack four of like the root wallas and you just like, go no, you know, you just, <laughs> like it's just, it's just easy. Yeah. But a lot harder to do in commander. You're only playing with one of, so you all definitely, need to, definitely need to build a deck around a graveyard strategy. All right. My number four, and this, this is a card I'm super excited for. I, I love it. I can't wait to put it in so many decks. Fateful Absence. One and a white instant. Destroy target creature or planeswalker. I think that's the cheapest, fastest effect there is. Also, its controller investigates. Whatever. He gets a colorless artifact that he has to pay two mana to draw his card from. I love you just I killed his five mana planeswalker for one and a white instant. That's gross, dude. I love that they gave this ability to White because I love it too. I honestly can't wait. Like I'm going to put this on Karametra, right? Like just yeah. you're never going to expect that out of my green white deck. All of a sudden, like oh, your Planeswalker, boom. Yeah, it's like ooh, what? I have all this stuff. I have my evacuation in my blue deck to back up, so you can't right, right, so they can't attack into me, and I'm just like, well, boom, he's dead. Now he's dead. But I love the the anti flavor where it's like, ha, like. I'm Eric, I'm killing your planeswalker, Brett. And you get a clue, and Brett's like, hmm, a clue, I wonder what this could mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who could have done this? Like, I did this. Hmm. <laughs> I, I must you. investigate this more. Mm. Let me pay some mana to figure out who uh, killed my planeswalker. It was you. It's like, yeah, I just... Uh, yeah, I, we, did, we covered this like a turn ago, dude. <laughs> so, I mean, this is just good on every angle. This is the cheapest effect to kill a creature or planeswalker. There's no effect like this in white. Taxing them to draw their card back. Even like they just printed that commander card in black, which when you print something into a commander set only, generally they're stronger. Well, black printed one that's one in a black to destroy a creature and they are exile a creature, sorry, and they draw a card automatic. No taxing. So I look at this and I'm like, gee, like they yeah. went hard on like we're just we're finally giving white like the removal spell here. Actual, yeah. Because, like, white is really only a creature removal spells with, like, swords and path exile stuff. But, yeah, yeah so this is just This like, is another one I, I foresee, like, guys pick these up and, like, who knows, two years down the line, if they if they stop doing this for white, all of a sudden this card is going to be, like, what's Anguished Unmaking Cost? I think that's a $10 card. It's probably around there. It, this thing's I cheaper than that and you don't lose the life. Honestly, it, just pick up, like, 12 of these cards. <laughs> like, you're going to play them. Yeah, it's like good enough to play even if you're doing like like green, white, like blue or something like that. Like white it's anything. Just good you probably would play this in a white black deck, no joke. Like it's two mana. 
for instant speed, this creature or planeswalker. Black has trouble with planeswalkers. Not yeah, a lot of cards say destroy planeswalker. Ten bucks. So there you go. There's my number four. I'm I'm getting up there on the list. All right, my number four. Is I thought you did four. I thought your four. My was number three. Yeah, there you go. You're one ahead of me. You're one ahead of me. Exactly. Uh, the Meat Hook Massacre. Which is exactly my number three as well. Perfect. I knew we'd cross over. We, yeah. Exactly. And we put this exactly where I think it should be. I don't know. It's not like the top two, but it's like the next one down. Yeah. It just does everything you'd want it to do as like a black. Because it's like, it's so it's reminiscent of Massacre Worms, which is why the name. Or is. really, it's almost, it's reminiscent of Black Sun Zenith, which is a very playable right. black card. So it's the same cost as Black Sun Zenith. Uh, so yep. it's, I'll t- I should probably tell say what does. Yeah, it was. Uh, so it costs X black black. It's a legendary enchantment. When the meat oh. hook massacre enters the battlefield, each creature gets minus X minus X until end of turn. So it's a board wipe. And whenever a creature you control dies, each opponent loses one life. Whenever a creature an opponent control dies, you gain one life. So the idea is there's 10 creatures on the battlefield. You have three of them. You wrap the board and everyone loses three life except for you and you gain uh like seven life yeah you probably you gain a lot more than you than they lose most likely because you have three opponents so more likely they have like 15 creatures out and you all of a sudden like gain 15 life uh yeah this card's bonkers and then that effect sits out there because this is an enchantment yeah Uh, if you have any way to bounce this thing you have a repeatable board wipe this thing's kind of insane honestly yeah, this is why it's similar to the the phasing enchantment that was in the last, mm, uh, last yes, episode. out of time, yeah, out of time. Yeah, having a board wipe on a permanent is like yeah. almost a good thing because it is. there are so many cards that say like, okay, return a permanent from your graveyard to your right. hand or reanimate. Now, if you reanimate this directly in the battlefield, it doesn't wipe the board, but you still get all those abilities. Yeah, so yeah. I think this could be pretty nuts. The only disappointing thing about this is this is currently the most expensive card in the set. It is uh, popped off. Um, oh, it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, I saw prices going at like $40. Jeez, yeah, in Card Kingdom it's 45 There you go, oh my god. Yeah, do Nuts. not pay $45 for this card. Uh, I will warn you again. Do not pay $45 for this card. Yeah, uh, it's not that good. Not worth your life. Uh, go buy Eric. What's uh, Black Sun Zenith? Do a quick search on that. Go play Black Sun's Zenith instead. Your wallet will be happier, and you'll do basically the same thing. Yeah, it is uh, five dollars. Five dollars. There you go. That's what the Meat Hook Massacre should cost for, and it is a mythic out of the new set. But holy lord, why, yeah. why, why? Yeah, I don't think boring. anyone's playing it in competitive too. So it's, I think it's a commander thing, which means it probably will stick that price. Kind of absurd. Well, yeah, it's I mean, it's it's a good card, but yeah, not forty five dollars. The like <laughs> no. the best part about this is like usually you can't get any other utility out of your board wipes, but like so say let's say you're playing a uh like a aristocrats style sacrifice deck, and you have your blood artist out on the battlefield. You don't want to kill it, so you can just play this for two, and then now it's out there. Now you have double up on your. Uh, on your blood artist triggers. Yep, this is fantastic. All right, so we're we're agreement on number three. So now I'm going to jump ahead of you because that was my number three as well. So I'll do my number two. 
cheater. And this is just the new best board white guys. Vanquish the Horde, six white white. This is my sorcery. This is your number one. Yeah, holy like talk about Commander Staples. Done. This is it. This spell costs one less to cast for each creature on the battlefield. Yeah, guess what? There's more than six. So this is white, white, destroy all creatures, everyone. White, white, destroy all creatures. <laughs> this is gross. Is this the this is the best board wipe? Uh, this is the best board wipe. Um, nah, Blast Act, I think, is still the best board wipe. Or, or Toxic Deluge might be. Because Toxic Deluge, again, has that minus X, minus X. Which right. a lot of stuff in Commander, to be fair, is indestructible, yada, 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 you know, very hard mm -hmm. to remove. The minus X, minus X does matter. Uh, like, notably, Vanquish the Horde and Blast Act both don't. The Blast Act, though, the damage sometimes has a lot of benefit to you as well. Yeah. You know, you I, see people yeah. dealing 60 damage because they Blast Acted. It's like, oh, <laughs> good lord. Like, come on. And it only yeah. costs them one mana. So I think Blast Act's still number one. Then Toxic Deluge. This is number three. I think I'd put this slightly. I man, I think they're all up in the same tier because there's some. Yeah, they are. I mean, that, well, this is S tier. You're you're in S tier. In S tier, yeah. This is it. These it's are the top act. three board wipes. Yeah, <laughs> and then and then Cyclonic Rift is also in there, right? Oh, I forgot. That's the yeah. Best. I mean, yeah, that that is the best one, right? Yeah, yeah. That that one moves ahead of all of them. Absolutely, it does. I haven't I haven't played that in such a long time. But now it's like, yeah, only green doesn't have the best board wipe, right? Yeah. It's like. Yeah, Which is good though. Green doesn't freaking need it. Like, don't print one in green. They already paired with these. <laughs> any of these other colors. You know what I mean? Like, they don't need it. And uh, I'll be sad if there's no uh, if there's a green board wipe that's better than the Great Aurora. That's <laughs> one of my favorite cards of all time. Uh, but yeah, my favorite green board wipe is the Wave of Vitriol. That thing's busted. Yeah, I yeah I I agree. It's super good. But I don't like it destroys like <laughs> Kind of Great Aurora does it too, but it's like at least you get some back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, Wave Vitriol is always busted. No, I think Vanquish Nord for me might be better than Blast Act because like the difference between one and two mana Could are be. like almost negligible. And yeah, I mean, that's that I think that's true. I agree with you for a for commander format, one and two is probably not a big deal. But uh but man, like I, I, like we're talking about uh, reduction of that's identical. I mean, thirteen damage is going to kill everything now. It's so long, and, and yeah. if it's indestructible, then neither is going to horde. So, like, um, yeah, they're pretty is, equivalent. It's like this is the first card I've seen in a while, which is just like, okay, if you have Day of Judgment or just Wrath of God, it. just replace it. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe not Wrath of God. They can't regenerate with Wrath of God. Oh, I forgot that comes up like, <laughs> like, <twice>. zero times. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, uh, but uh, with Day of Judgment, yeah, just just remove them. Yeah. Just, now you can still play Dam because Dam has the the other effect. I still, that's still one of my favorite cards ever from Modern yeah. Rivals too, right? The, the I can now target just one guy, or I can kill everything. I mean, that's still one of the most well designed cards ever. Yeah, that flexibility is insane. But yeah, this is white, white, and because it's kind of funny because like they could have made this like ten white, white. For commander, and it'd be the identical. Oh, and it, yeah, and it wouldn't change. Right, I agree uh, with you. I, I for, agree. For like one v one, like standard or modern, they had to keep it low. But it's just like, like I, I don't. Think <laughs> I like that we're saying low. It's six. It's, it's, six. it's an eight mana spell. Yeah. Like if oh, I kept say, it. They kept it low. <laughs> if it doesn't say twenty on it, like but that's kind of funny. It's like unless there's, like you're not board wiping if there's 
less than six creatures out. No, you're not. Yeah, that like six is like the like man, that's a crappy board wipe. <laughs> like, yeah, like uh, board wipes are usually like twenty for one. Yeah, um, uh, yeah but yeah, that's board. a straight stable. All right, so what's your number two then? What's uh, your only other one left on the list? So my, I wonder if it agrees with mine. That'd be funny. Um, this is more. This isn't like as broadly applicable as like Vanquish the Horde or Meat Hook Massacre, but I did Lore of the Forsaken. Okay, this that was my number six card. I just had that out of the list. I considered it for the longest time. I put Moon Silver Key in its spot, right? Because that was my number yeah. five. And then I like I was like, I have to talk about Moon Silver Key. Because if people aren't aware of this for Commander, like they have enough. But yeah, all right, let's talk about this card. Lord of the yeah, Forsaken. Lord of the Forsaken. It's a uh, six mana, six six demon for four black black. It is flying trample. I that's a beefy that's, dude, yeah. For like six dude. six flying trample for six is yeah, beefy. pretty good. Uh, black sacrifice a creature. Target player mills three cards. Pay one life. That's the cost. Then you get add a uh, a generic mana colorless. or not not generic. You're right, colorless mana. Spend this mana only cast a spell from your graveyard. Um, whenever I see just like pay a life to add, add mana, mana, like good. yeah, just good. And there's so many decks that just like turn over their deck into their graveyard yeah um, yeah this this card's gonna be gross for sure yeah. yeah it's never not gonna do not busted things when it's played it's like yeah. i'll play him and then i'll play everything from my graveyard and, like, and him paired with like a black red past and flames deck is gonna be like ridiculous right? oh yeah yeah i can but, just play everything out of my graveyard now don't listen to anybody who says what? I don't have anything in my graveyard. Like, no, like immediately. <laughs> this, because it all takes is like one turn to be like, oh, yeah, you cast something and cast it from your graveyard. And yeah. you can do that all in a turn because you just paid mana. Mm -hmm. Any any spell with flashback? Like, yep. there's so many. Disturb, like we're talking about. Like, there's so many cards that, like, pass in flames that either cause or give you the ability to cast things from your graveyard or just have it natively. So this is just, I think it's just really good. Yep. All right. Then it leaves my number one. Uh, and this is the Augur of Autumn. One green, green for a two, three human druid. You can look at the top card of your library anytime. You can play lands from the top of your library. And it has Coven. So this is where Coven shows up in the list. Uh, as long as you control three or more creatures with different powers, you may cast creature spells from the top of your library. So this is just like card draw in green, a creature in green, lands off the top for green. Like I just, It's just everything you want. Yeah, I have this in card. my underrated, very similar to your situation. Where God, I, like, I don't know if it's underrated at all. This thing's, I think this thing's just a straight staple. Like you, you look at, I wonder how much has Corsair Krufix already played or, uh, or that, um, Something of the menageries, that other that Naga cleric that plays things from the top of your library. The creature card it plays creature cards from the top of your library for yeah. four mana. This does it for three mana, so one mana less. It does both of their effects. <laughs> it's like this card is just a staple, automatic. Well, let's see. See, I think uh, Corsair Crucifix is like very underplayed, which is why I put it on here. Like people don't realize how good they should it play it. Yeah, I think everyone should be playing Corsair, Corsair Crucifix. Crucifix. Is that what? No, Prime yeah, Crucifix yeah. is the banned one. Corsair yeah, Crucifix. Corsair Crucifix. But the, the, here's the thing. I would play Augur of Autumn over Corsair of Crucifix. 
that one life of Course of Crufix's lands hardly ever matter. Course of Crufix reveals the top of your library, so people will always know what you're drawing. Augur does not. Yeah. And Augur also gives you the upside of casting creatures. I mean, it's like a thousand percent better than Corsair Crufix. Yeah, Corsair, the big thing and reason why it was it was really good in standard is one, the four toughness mattered and gaining yeah. life mattered. But right, in this commander, is slightly smaller, but yeah, that does like, not matter. Yeah, that doesn't matter. I don't think anyone's gonna remove this to remove it. They're just gonna leave it there. No one's gonna touch this thing. Yeah. So Corsair Crew Fix, according to EDH Rack, I just searched top cards in green. It's played in seven percent of decks. That's a lot for green decks. So it's like so things like um, that's a lot. Seven percent's a lot for green decks. It is a lot. It's still in like that. It's in like consideration for most decks, but like stuff like Evolution Sage is is played around the same. Noxious Revivals played more. Stuff like that. So, I but I, I think it should be played in like you should. This should be like in your pile of green. Cards. I mean, I would keep Corsair at seven percent, but I would do Augur at like ten to fifteen percent. Like, th I think this thing is just automatic play. This but definitely I, over that. I think it's I, the reason why I put it underrated is because I think especially new players, it doesn't. That's like not super exciting. It doesn't feel like you're drawing cards, but you are. Oh, you are. Like you yeah, you are pushing through the deck, man. This thing's nuts. Yeah. You're not only drawing. You're drawing lands from the top. You're clearing lands that clears your next like draw oh man yeah these cards are crazy guys like play these they're good yeah and then nuts. once you get like we as we talked about like you play your commander as long as your commander doesn't have two power and play this yes you only you just need one, other one other creature yeah. it's like yeah okay. it's super easy and then you can play creatures and lands off the top yeah you're just like you're just churning man yeah i could see this card like drawing 20 cards in a game no joke like which is absolutely insane all right, uh, we're going to move on. You want to do our favorites first or the underrateds first? Let's do underrated because I think we... Let's do our, yeah, because we actually did talk about a bunch. Yeah, let's go to underrateds. What's what's your uh, what's your last one on the list there? Uh, so I have one, two, three more on the list. And it's good. I had six cards, and I'm just going to replace the Morbid Opportunist with my sixth card because we already okay. talked about that one. So I have, uh, I have five more to talk about. So, so want me to go first? Because I yeah, have five you, more to you talk go first, about. You go first. My first one is Geist Wave. Ooh. Geist wave. Geist wave. Uh, remember, we again we dug deep for these. <laughs> Just want to remind you all. Now, Geist wave is a one and a blue bounce spell. But if you bounce one of your own permanents, you draw a card as well. I think bounce spells in general. I think we've talked about this on another episode. Bounce spells in Commander guys are just underrated as it sits. They are essentially kill spells. I mean. Talk about, like, removing, like, you set them back a whole turn. If they have to replay the thing you bounced on their turn, they lost a whole turn cycle in a four-player game. That means three other players have a turn now to frick with these guys, that they spent their whole turn dealing with the thing that you cast one and a blue for. Right. I, it, it is that effective. I mean, it, it's, it's surprising. You don't notice it when you're the one bouncing it. It doesn't feel as impactful to you. When you're the guy that got bounced, you're like, yeah, you're <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, because like especially in the late game when people I feel like think that bounce spells are less effective because people have more mana. Yeah, but, like it's not the case. You you are like so invested on this one turn because you're right, you're right, right. You just have to like like blow everything to try to win on this turn. Then it's like bounce your commander. You're like 
okay, wait till yeah. <laughs> And then everyone's right. like, oh, I saw what, he was about to win, wasn't he? <laughs> and See, then, and this, so the Geist Wave specifically is a really sneaky spell. That it's a modal card that says bounce your own creature, draw a card as well. That could mean, that could save a commander from commander tax while drawing you a card. Right. There's a lot of sneaky modes that Geist Wave has that you wouldn't regularly realize. And in general, a two mana bounce is a perfectly fine spell in all commander games. I've never had a commander game where a two mana bounce wouldn't have been a good spell to cast at, at some given, like there's always that perfect moment, but I'll tell you what, those perfect moments are like, are brutal sometimes. Yeah. And I like it says non-land permanent instead of just creature, because there's a Mm -hmm. lot of times when you have a key artifact or enchantment that someone has been working really hard to get rid of and they waste their, you know, uh, like anguish on making on killing your, super awesome artifact yeah and then you bounce it (laughs) yeah i'll I'll bounce it yeah whatever i'll bounce it. i'll draw a card you get to replace yeah if you're saving your own thing this card's crazy nuts because you replaced it Mm -hmm. as well yeah i mean so i guys wave i i think no one's gonna play this i don't think anyone's gonna play this card yeah i I wouldn't think you should if i've never seen if you never see it i agree but i think you should play it i think it's crazy all right one of my other uh underrated card is mask of gristlebrand Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, so this is a... I like this pick. It's a one black black for uh, legendary artifact equipment. It's legendary? I did not know that. It is legendary. Yeah, it is legendary. Uh, So equipped creature has flying and lifelink, which there's not too many equipment that gives lifelink. Uh, There are not, and not not very playable ones, at least. Lux uh, of the Warhammer, maybe. That's about it. Right. Um, and then their Basilisk Collar, I think, is the only one. So yeah, and like, Life Link, Death Touch. Um, oh, and uh, there's one of the new ones that removes Indestructible. But anyway, we're getting off topic. Uh, <laughs> other than those three. Yeah. Uh, so this has, whenever a quick creature dies, you may pay X life, where X is its power, and draw X cards. That's awesome. And this card's so cool. It's so cool. Like, I think... Because the obvious comparison is Skull Clamp, and people are like, "Oh, it's not Skull Clamp." It's like, "Well, yeah, Skull Clamp is." Yeah, it's not. No, no. I don't even. Think, I don't even think that's an obvious comparison. I guess just because it, it says equipment and draw cards on it, yeah, it's yeah. like the only reason that's an obvious comparison. When, but when like, it yeah, clearly it's not. Um, but I think this card is awesome. Like, I just, love this card. Just imagine like putting this card on like a four four. Now it's a four four flying life oh, It's like, I love this what, card. They, what are you going to do? Like. I oh, want this card. I, I blocked <laughs> I didn't, it and kill it. I like knew this card existed and then like didn't think about it until you mentioned it. And now looking at it, I wish it was on my favorites list. I want this card. This is awesome. It's yeah, like I, I so in general, equipment in commander is very underrated. Just play it and you'll go, oh dang. It's always useful. Always. And a flying lifelink equip cost is always useful. That can replace itself with cards. A lot of cards. Yeah. Just imagine, like, you have this your, card's good. your 8 8, whatever. Like, oh man, it's being stymied by, stymied by this stupid sapling token. Now you play this. Now it's an 8 8 flying lifelink. That's I love this card. Everyone's attitude very quickly. They're yeah. Like, okay, we have to kill it. Okay, I'm going to pay 8 life. You probably got one attack in anyway. Yeah. But, I, I think people's like, you might look at this card and say, like, equip three is a lot, right? And it is yeah, a lot, but. You're getting, like, if that creature dies, like, you're getting flying lifelink out of it, which is probably going to mean you could swing in for free and gain the life back. And when that creature dies, you're getting cards, man. Yeah, you only need to swing in once for you to be neutral on life. Yeah, to neutral the life on it. You could draw, like, 
like six, seven cards. Yeah, I think typically, yeah. right? What can you? I, I think five is like typical, right? Yeah, a lot of commanders are like or four, probably four, right? A lot of commanders are the typical uh, yeah. four fours now. You could expect four cards out of it. Four life for right. four cards is bonkers. That yeah. you paid three mana for. Three mana for, and you dealt like four damage. And oh, you man. probably I love this card. I love this yeah. card. I agree with you. I love this card. I think people are going to look at like, just like you said. Equip cost three. Yeah, uh, like that's a, that's a straw. Yeah, and like you have to be in black, black, which is thing. But I mean, I never play black. So. I know, right? <laughs> and, and black already has a bunch of sacrifice outlets. So if yeah. you do get you can hit just get rid of it, if you want the cards, you sacrifice it, draw a bunch of cards. again three mana. Yeah, I look at the three and go, yeah, only three mana. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Honestly, though, honestly, though, it probably should have costed more. I yeah, think three's, I can, three's generous. I could see this like if it costs like five, I'd be like, mm, you need to you just play big creatures. <laughs> All right, my next one is a real dive deep, so I'm gonna I'm gonna convince you on this one. Let's okay. see how far we get. Let's see. It's always, it's always good when it's like. All right, I'm gonna preface this one. Okay, I think I think Geist Wave was actually like way miles better than this card, but I'm gonna try this one out. Ready? Ready for this? Raise the effigy. Is this that enchantment or something? Nope. All right, here we go. This know. is one red mana for an instant. Modal card, choose Crazy. one. Destroy target artifact or target attacking creature gets plus two, plus two until end of turn. Now. Are you saying it's underrated because zero people will play it and you're like, maybe one person? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I think so. Now, here's, here's, here's what I have to say. I have played a lot of uh now it it says it's gosh i can't name the freaking card of natural uh jesus nature's claim nature's claim yeah yeah one mana with green mana for instant detroit target artifact or enchantment i think that's the big deal i guess it's controller gains for life now this is just one mana it does not destroy the enchantments but it destroys the artifact at instant speed still do you know how many other cards in magic are one mana for an instant destroying artifact? Uh, not instant, I don't think. Exactly. Kind of crazy. Kind of crazy, uh, right? So it's like crazy. This is this is the one. I think that might mean it's good. I don't know. Like there is so in green there is oxidize destroy target artifact. It can't be regenerated for one green instant. Obviously, that doesn't see play. Now, this has one other modal mode. It's not a great mode. It gives a creature plus two, plus two. That could be beneficial for certain decks that like need a power boost for yeah. certain attacks. It I could. could. I could see decks that care about like the power of their commander or something. So, like, oh, uh, right, uh, right. If you needed that extra two boost while also randomly hosing an artifact, which, guess what? Like, There's gonna be an artifact that needs to be destroyed. There's going to be. Soul like, Ring. Go ahead, destroy Soul the Soul Ring on turn one. That'll set them the hell back. Yeah. And actually, it's very important to do. Otherwise, they're going to take over. You yeah, know? So like, that Soul Ring's going to generate like a million. Yeah. Dollars. So, like, I love this card as a turn one, destroy the Soul Ring. I love it as a turn five, destroy the Soul Ring. I don't know. It. Yeah, it's modal isn't great, but there's not many one mana destroying artifact effects. Right. Like, decks like. To bring it back to legendaries like Vadric, it cares about its power to reduce the cost. So it's like you could, yeah, I, I could see certain. Yeah, you might use the plus two plus two mode. You might. 
I don't think you would. I think you're always going to use the one mana to destroy an artifact mode. Right. And but, isn't yeah. that a good card if you're always using it for that, though? It's like, yeah, okay, yeah. well, I, I always have something to kill for one mana. That's probably good. Basically, yeah. It's like, at least you could still use it for stuff if someone else destroyed all the artifacts. Like, there's sometimes when you're just like... I, I, gotta, I gotta figure it's good. So I'm gonna put it on the underrated list. I'll put the money where my mouth is. I'll play the damn card. You guys will see. You'll see. Alright, I'll I'll report back to see... Uh, if I actually did it or not. If, if, yeah. If I, I'll put it in Paco. I could see it played in Paco. Paco can use extra two power, whatever. Paco. He's always swinging. He's always swinging. He's always swinging. I'm never not swinging with Paco. That's true. I'm never not. So I could use it. Speaking of, well, I'll just go in the same theme for underrated. Uh, okay. This is Outland Liberator. Okay. Uh, it's a werewolf, so it has two sides. So the first side, Outland Outland oh, this is the Liberator. big beastie boy, right? This guy's huge. Uh, no. No, okay. I'm thinking of a different one. Um, so this is a, a 2-2 two, two for two, one and a green. Oh, definitely not werewolf. huge. Uh, it's not huge. No. Uh, there's, there's one in the set that's like five mana, and he starts like a 7-6 or something, and then goes to like an 8-7. Like it's like, yeah. for five <laughs> mana, it's like, what? Three. Yeah, I got yeah, converted like by that. huge. <laughs> I was just like, ah, damn. Um, anyway, so this is a 2-2. Two, two, oh, okay, I like him. Yeah, I got him. Yep. Outland Liberator, so you can That's sacrifice funny. it for one mana and destroy <laughs> an artifact or enchantment, which is, like, not great, but eh, it's a werewolf. You put it in a werewolf deck. But uh, the nightbound side, which are, which to remind everybody, if it's nighttime, then you pay two mana and you get its nightbound side. Right? And, and luckily, it doesn't state it on the, which I hate, on these daybound cards, but he will activate... The day night mechanic. Yes, we will yeah, yeah. activate it. We mentioned that in our review of last time, uh, which is so confusing. Yeah, because they state it on cards that don't have daybound nightbound. They state it like, but they care about day and night. It'll state that it becomes day when they enter, which is also funny because then it like if it's night, they automatically change it to day. I think, or or does it only say it? no? I think it says if it's not day or night. It becomes yeah, dead, which means it doesn't trigger if it is night. It just, yeah, it just stays as night. Um, Either way, it doesn't state it on these cards, but they will bring day with them as yes. they're cast. Uh, but it's nightbound side. It's a 3-3 werewolf. Uh, has the same ability as the front side, which is pay one, sacrifice it. Uh, it's called Frenzied Trap Breaker, by the way. Destroy target yeah. artifact enchantment. But whenever Frenzied Trap Breaker attacks, also destroy artifact or enchantment that's huge in commander so, that's that's gross yeah it, now you have to attack that player it says defending player controls right so you can't t attack the guy that doesn't control the thing you want to destroy yeah exactly you have um, to attack them but yeah I, I basically look at this as like a there's a uh i forget what the name of the card is but it's a trigon predator trigon predator is yeah that's the equipment but I, what i was going was no the, no like, that's the, the that's the creature role. Right, the yeah. One, no, one yeah, green, blue. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're absolutely right. But I, I was making comparison to the you have the ability to destroy two artifact or enchantments on one turn. It's uh, the uh, uh, two. Oh, return light. to dust. Return to dust. Yeah, you yeah. have to do it at sorcery speed. Yeah, uh, it's an instant to do it once. But like this card, like can just destroy two artifact or enchantments for two or two mana and then one mana. Later. I, I love this pick. It's funny because I put in this same spot, because the, you're talking about, like, you're number three now, was the Cathar Commando, the white version of this. Now, he's Flash, 
But mm-hmm. in my mind, I'm thinking of it, and, and even with uh, Outland Liberator, it's like, how often do you play Rexage in decks? Like, you play them in every friggin' deck. You're right, going yeah. to, because they're always useful. They're always good. Now, I put Cathar Commando, because I thought the Flash was re- the relevant. Heck, how often do you want to play the Cross and Grip, right? You want to destroy the stuff at instant speed. Anything at instant speed in Commander is infinitely better. Oh, yeah. So I, I picked the Cathar Commando. Now, this one has the upside of, like, he could destroy more because he can t- flip yeah. and attack and destroy stuff automatic yeah. without I paying. Could, I could see Cathar Commander ended up right. being better. Right, I, I agree. They're like, th- I feel like this is their spot. This is, yeah. like, their underrated spot, guys. Just play these cards. They're always useful. Yeah. Always. All right, I'll move on to my number two, then. This is a fun one. This is the Vengeful Strangler. <laughs> have you seen yeah, this love, guy? I love, I love that name. No, I well, I probably one have. one in a black for a two one human rogue. He can't block. When he dies, return it to the battlefield transformed under your control. Attached to target creature or planeswalker, an opponent controls. It's a. It becomes str- the strangling grasp. So it enchants a creature, planeswalker, and opponent controls at the beginning of your upkeep, which I believe is your upkeep, not theirs, because it says you control it. But though it's attached to another yeah, permanent, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's your. And that's a little confusing, but just to explain it, yeah, it's at the beginning of your upkeep. Enchanted permanence controller sacrifices a non-land permanent and loses one life. <laughs> this is they have cool. to sack a permanent, so go ahead and sacrifice whatever I'm strangling, grasping. Right. But yeah, that you're losing a planeswalker or a creature, or yeah, because it has to be a creature or a planeswalker. You're you're losing that and losing a life. And I paid two mana for a two one that I did whatever with. I could do whatever I want with that thing. Yeah, I think I misread this at first because I thought it said or. Um, this is sweet. This is, this is sweet. This is. Imagine they lose. Like, what if they don't sack that permanent and it gets yeah. back to your turn, and they have to sacrifice a second permanent, and and they've lost then two life for my two one that I played for two that right. they probably didn't block that I sacrificed to do. Like, come on, this card's just gas, man. It's so cool. Yeah. I love this card. Oh man, yeah, and it's like it says non land, so. It's still just like it's one of those things that like you play it on their their planeswalker. It's like they're gonna lose it. Gonna yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever you have strangling grasp, guys. They are get rid of it. I mean, they can't they can't keep sacrificing stuff. Yeah. So on your turn, they're sacrificing that thing. I I like it gets around also indestructible and stuff, and it's just like oh, oh my god, right? It it gets around so many. Not only that, what's nice about this. You have to play around with your timing, right? In a black deck, what you're going to do is before your turn starts, whatever you want to remove, sacrifice your Vengeful Strangler at the end of whoever's turn it is before you so that it flips to Strangling Grasp so that it triggers on your upkeep. And, like, no one's expecting that. And they're going to be like, God dang it. Now, I I, fine, I'll sacrifice it. And they're losing the life, and you got to benefit from sacrifice. I love this card. This card's nuts. I think it's so underrated. I think you should play it in almost every black deck that's going to sacrifice all right mine is it's a bit of a reach <laughs> uh, my number one's not a reach i think it's just something that people ignore i don't think it's right to ignore it um it's just not fair um, <laughs> this is the geist flame reservoir okay yeah i know this this is the rare yeah the instant yeah. sorcery rare yeah 
It is a uh, three mana for two and a red artifact. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, put a charge counter on it. You can pay one red, tap it, remove any number of charge counters uh, and to deal that much damage to any target. One or red, tap it, exile the top card of your library. Uh, you may play that card this turn. I like uh, that that second ability doesn't cost any charges from it, right? They could just add to it. Yeah. So I like that. I think this card's fine. I think it's great. I would love to see this played. Yeah, same. Heck, in red, like, you're always looking for any kind of card draw, card advantage, and this this gives it to you, right? I mean, it costs yeah. them three up front, and then it costs two on top of it, but, exactly. hey, and then it's building charges and could all of a sudden deal five to something for, yeah. for two mana. And I think that, right. that, that's exactly the play pattern that I think is underrated about it, because it's like, yeah. it's out there, it's accruing charges, but it can still do stuff while... Yeah, I think this is a fine charges. card. I think this is absolutely fine. I think anyone could play this card. I think you're going to tend to play it in more instant sorcery decks, which oh, yeah. you maybe don't want an artifact in, but I, I mean... I, I don't think this card is very good outside of, like, Spellslinger type. Thing. Yeah, right, because it only triggers on you casting the instant sorceries. If it, if it triggered on all of them, this card would be nuts. Be insane. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's like, I, I'm thinking, like, one thing it does really well is if that person's commander has four toughness and you have four charge counters on it, they're not going to play the commander. But, like, if everyone just has, like, a bunch of eight power or eight toughness creatures out, it's just like, all right, uh, I'm not going to be able to crew as many charge counters on this before I'm dead. Um, but it can still do stuff, so I think it's perfectly situated, and it's underrated. Like, yeah, sure. I you're, like you're, it. You're going to play it because you picked it up in a pack, and you're going to be like, oh, this is this, 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 well. All right, my number one underrated card. This is just a big beater. Uh, well, it becomes a big beater. This is the Slaughter Specialist. One and a black for a 3-3 Vampire Warrior. When it enters the battlefield, each opponent will get a 1-1 human creature token. I don't think you care that each opponent got a 1-1. I don't think that. It's a what you care about is whenever a creature an opponent controls dies, uh, you put a 1-1 counter on this thing. This thing is just going to end up being a ginormous creature. And I think that's an underrated effect. And I think in decks that you want to give your opponents creatures, this does it. Like, I don't know. I think this card's going to be kind of crazy. Yeah. The, like, they, if you think that that 1-1 one, one white human is a downside you're giving to your opponent, but, like, yeah, take a moment at, like, turn five on your commander game. It's like, if all my opponents had an additional 1-1 one, one white That human are going to die. <laughs> uh, would that change the board state at all? And the answer is probably no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unless you're at one life. like You're not afraid for them to attack you with that 1-1 one, one because yeah. you're just going to eat it. And you're block it that. with your two mana three three. Yeah, you're just gonna block it, and it's gonna eat it, and then it's gonna get bigger, and you're gonna end up with a ten ten all of a sudden that nobody can deal with. Listen, it is underrated to have the most powerful creature on the board. Oh yeah, <laughs> I think that's an underrated thing, right? It's just underrated. If you yeah. have the biggest creature, you have the biggest freaking creature, right? Yeah. <laughs> if you have the biggest creature, I think that too many people don't attack. When they're like, mm -hmm. oh, well, they can just chump block. I'm like, you killed a creature. Yeah, <laughs> but you have the biggest one. I mean, uh, they could triple block and kill my creature. Put, put Mask of Gristlebrand. Put Mask of Gristlebrand on your slaughter specialist. Oh. All of a sudden, you're gaining ten life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Honestly, yeah. I think this card's just underrated because I don't think people are going to play it, and I think they're wrong to not play it. I think they're going to play it in the decks that they're like, I'm doing the goofy thing of giving my opponents creatures, and they're not going to play it elsewhere, and I think you should just play this card. <laughs> like, yeah, just play you're, it. You're not going to be upset. Good. Not going to be upset. You're not. All right, now, do you want to go to the favorite card? On to your favorites. What do you got? I'm excited for this column. Okay. Um, I will say, I'm looking at my list, all of mine are rares and mythics, which is fair, because those are the more fun the cards. Most fun ones, yeah. yeah, they have effects on them. I think, uh, so this is, alright, I have this card on here because I just wanted to talk about it, and I think it's just like, like, if I had to choose, this could have been in the underrated, and I could put Massive Gristlebrand as one of my favorites. I could see all of my cards on my favorites being underrated. Uh, mine is... Dryad's Revival. Ooh, okay. This so, is not on my list at all. It's a two and a green for a sorcery. Return uh target card from a graveyard your hand. Flashback for one and a green? Is it four and a green? Four and a green, yeah, four for five green. mana. Um I love these kinds of effects, and this is just gonna re- I feel like should replace all other versions of this card because it has flashback. I also love uh, these effects, I've always mentioned it. I heck, I I still hold to this day that commander card, the green one that returned two things of yours and gained mm-hmm. you life for them. I'll tell you what, I've played that card so many times now in commander, and every time I'm like, this is not like is every so time I'm returning two of my biggest beaters and gaining like 15 life, and I'm like, holy crud! Like I yeah. just swung the game so hard in my favor. For playing a four mana that returned my two best things. So this card does two best things uh, for eight mana um, over the course of multiple turns. Right. Or it ends up in your graveyard anyway, and then you could just use it. I, I love this card. Yeah, I think it's great. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, like, yeah, it's I very comparable card. to, like, Balagad Recovery, right? Like, right. are you I getting the two effects out of it, or are you getting the land out of it? I, I don't know. They're, eh, yeah. they're, they're, gold. they're both good. I think I could agree with you. I would put this on underrated. I think people are going to underrate. Like, even just two and a green to return any card from your graveyard to your hand. That's an underrated effect. It is underrated. People are like, it's always oh, good. It's I always do, good. I could do Ewit. I could do the... Oh, my God. I'll tell you what. It's like, it's basically like the Destroy Artifact Enchantment in Command. It's like, it's always good. It's never yeah. not good. Th- that effect, two and a green return any card from your graveyard to your hand, is always good. And talk about with like one of my strongest Lord of the Forsaken, those cards that just flip over their decks. Oh, this is this is the oh, starting yeah. just, piece just of a one combo green. Deck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, one just green flashback, get this card back from my hand, reanimate all my creatures, they have haste attack. You know. Alright, my number five for my favorite cards, and I I this card's so fun. This is probably my favorite card that works with the Decayed Mechanic, the Poppet Stitcher. Uh, I have this on my list, too. <laughs> oh, my God. This card's so much fun. Holy crap. It's so two cool. and a blue for a 2-3 human wizard. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery, you make a 2-2 black zombie with Decayed. So it's basically Talrand on its front, except it's they all have Decayed. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you have three or more creature tokens, you transform it. You may, so you don't have to. You may, you don't have to. You can keep pumping out creature tokens with with spells. When you do transform it, at the beginning of your upkeep is the only time you can transform it. It'll transform into the Poppet Factory, which now creature, it's an artifact, and creature tokens you control, just you control, they'll lose all abilities 
And they'll have base power now, 3-3. Three, three. And then at the beginning, it also stays at the beginning of your upkeep, you can make transform it. So you can bring it back to Papa Stitcher. So you can make all of these decayed zombies that you have now into 3-3s three with no okay. abilities. Without you can do decayed. any tokens. Any yeah. tokens you've ever made. You can have a billion 1-1s. One -ones. All of a sudden, they're all now 3-3s. Three yeah. This card's <laughs> awesome. This it's card's so cool. awesome. Yeah, and it's so they the thing is that they lose decayed. So now you can do. Yep, they lose decayed. This is the only way to make them lose decayed, as far as I know. It's so cool. I don't know. Like, there's got to be like a really wonky or wonky way of of like breaking this. I feel like. Oh yeah, but, I think this like, card is is ripe for yeah, just like totally busted endings. I don't know. This is a cool card. This is a cool card to end a game. Sweet. Be yeah. like, you guys all know all those forty two two decayed guys. I was afraid to attack with. They're all three three. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> what's up now? Love it. Yeah, that that card's uh, amazing. So that's my number five. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, so I'm gonna go with another uh, another one of my favorites. Another blue card. Ooh, whoops. I do have another blue card, too. It's probably the same. Sludge Monster. Sludge Monster. <laughs> yeah, that's my number three. Yeah. Sludge Monster, oh, man. Also could monster. be underrated, but it, this sludge, card's crazy. Sludge Monster is a 5-5 uh, five, five horror for three blue-blue. Which is a beefy dude for that's three blue-blue. It's a beefy 5-5, man. Sludgy mofo. So when <laughs> Sludge Monster enters the battlefield... Or attacks, put a slime counter on up to one other target creature. Oh my god! Non-horror so creatures with slime counters and lose all abilities and have base power two two. That's so good. Okay, that maybe this should go underrated. I mean, it literally knocks out any commander you want. It's for a, for a three blue blue five five. It just this it, card's nuts. Yeah, it just absorbs like, hey, you have an indestructible like your Blightsteel Colossus or yeah. this Eldrazi. And now it's, it's a two-two. Now it's a two-two. It's a two-two. Did you sacrifice it and bring it back? I'm gonna attack you, and now it's a two-two. Go ahead and block with it. I love this card so it's... much, and it enters or attacks, and you don't have to. You don't have to put that slime counter on the uh, defending player controls. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can attack you and then put it on someone else's creature. Just put a sludge counter on it to make it a two-two. Like this card's nuts. It's so cool, and, and uh, that makes it uh, kind of uh, more interesting politically because it's like, hey, Brett, can I attack you so I can put a sludge counter on mm -hmm. on Pat's Eldrazi? Right, because you also you need the sludge monster to survive if they're also hoping to to sludge up that other guy's permanent. Yeah. Sludge Monster has to remain. So I think it's a good political tool. Yeah, this, this card's awesome. Yeah. Sludge Monster. <laughs> my number four. And this is something that I am now like twisting my brain about. Because I'll tell you what, they've printed this effect a lot of times. So there has to be a deck here. This is the Willow Geist. One green for a 1-1 one, one Tree Folk Spirit with Trample. Whenever one or more cards leaves your graveyard... Put a 1-1 one, one counter on Willowgeist. And when Willowgeist dies, you gain life equal to his power. So it's got a lot of abilities chunked in there for no reason on a yeah. one mana creature. But it's that there's so many cards now that they keep printing. And I feel like they're going to keep doing this. When, when it states whenever one, one or more cards leave your graveyard. So you have like Desecrated Tomb. You have that uh, Storm Effigy that I said yeah. was underrated back in Strixhaven. Like, there's a lot of cards now that I'm like, ah, there's got to be a deck out there now. 
that's just like loads up their graveyard and then one by one exiles like for free, like their whole graveyard deals 20 damage, makes a 20, 20 gains. Yeah. Like, you know, like, it's all there. So when I saw him, I was super excited. I was like, this is awesome. Like there's just, this is a cool guy to play around with. I think they're going to make more. I feel like this is a card to pick up. And then a the year from now, they're going to make a commander based off of this effect. Right, yeah, leaving the graveyard, and then it's going to jump from... Yeah, the there's going to be a commander based off of stuff leaving your graveyard. Because I guess they don't quite have that yet. That cares about it leaving your graveyard. So I think they're going to make that, and I think Willowgeist is going to be there for it. So, All right. Uh, my next card... Um, this was a late edition because I realized I only had four cards as my favorite. So... Oh. We'll, we'll just, I'm just going to throw it in there. <laughs> I don't like it as much as Papa's Sister's Sludge Monster, but I kind of forgot <laughs> that this was in my favorites category. Uh, Curse of Surveillance. Ooh, okay. I like the art for this one. Yeah, it's a five mana for four, so four and a blue for a curse. So you enchant a player, and at the beginning of Enchanted Player's Upkeep, any number of target players other than that player each draw cards equals the number of curses attached to that player. Cool. Yeah, that's cool. I think this is, it's kind of funny because it's just like you're screwing over just one guy. <laughs> and everyone and you don't, I mean, it's nice. You don't have to give the other people a card if you don't want to. At the beginning of you the can just choose you. Oh, can you? Oh, yeah. okay. You could just choose you. You could just be like, nah, I'm just, I'm going to draw a card. And that. Other than that it's good in any curse deck because they're going to yeah. have more than one curse and you're just going to draw a bunch of cards at that point. Okay, I you know I like this even more now. I just assume oh, there you go. Yeah, no, you can choose. Cards. You can choose only you. You you could choose. Oh, I need you to draw a removal spell, so I'll I'll let you draw a card, and I'll draw a card. The third player, you'll be like, nah, you don't get to draw a card. You're too you scared. Yeah. <laughs> this, yeah, so, it gives you a lot of choice. Yeah, it's cool. It's a, it's a lot cooler than I thought. And also, like, in curse decks, and I think there's a curse command. In curse decks, that's the thing. I think this only sees play in curse decks. Yeah. Only. Yeah. I would not play this deck not in a curse deck, which makes it not as appealing to me. Because curses in Commander are not great. Not a good place for, for curses. Uh, in I think they just made a new curse commander. They did make a new curse commander, yeah, in Grixis. Uh, still, it's still not, you know. I, I don't think that deck's going to be very good. <laughs> Even, I don't think they made the curse commander very good. It, it's a little lame. We'll have to go over her, I guess, because I yeah. guess we ignored her because she was like a special print that they like. It's like not the commander product, but not. Oh, that. okay. That, I, yeah, I was, they I, like. I don't. I, I don't know how they printed like, her, but yeah, it's like, it's like a bonus on something. I don't remember. I don't know how they printed her, but yeah, we didn't go over her. So we'll we'll review her on the next time we revisit this, where we'll go over the commander decks because we have to go over those. There's a lot of good okay. cards in there. Uh, my number two is the croaking counterpart. Oh. I, I this in my honorable mentions for favorite. one green and a blue for a sorcery. Create a token that's a copy of target non frog creature, except it's a one one green frog, and it has flashback for three green blue. I mean, this card's actually nuts because you can make cool. uh, anyone has a blightsteel colossus. You can make a well. You wouldn't want a one one blightsteel. Anyone has a consecrated sphinx. You can make a one one consecrated sphinx. A frog. A frog sphinx. A frog consecrated. <laughs> Like, this card's just awesome, right? Yeah, I mean, I would just too. play this in any green-blue deck. 
just to be like, I want that. I want that. <laughs> and I have a frog version, so what's up? Which is way better, let's be honest. <laughs> so much better. And I also have to notice uh, best art. I, I selected this as my best art as well. It because it's a frog sitting on like a weird looking frog that reminds me of like the old uh, uh, Spirited Away, whatever that guy's name is, Studio Ghibli, uh, like art, like that frog. Is that, is that Miyazaki? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep, yep, Miyazaki. Uh, yeah, sitting on a sitting on a, like a stork or something. Oh my god, it's and it says frog is the sincerest form of flattery. <laughs> it's just perfect. Croaking counterpart, oh so good. God. I've been wanting to make a deck around like that, like turn to frog effects. Oh, I agree. Oh, uh, do it. Turn to frog is one of my favorite spells of all time. All right. So my number one favorite, you know how I love lands that do stuff, right? So are you choosing creeping in? Yes, I am, baby. You're choosing creeping in. Okay. I don't think this card's going to gonna get there, but well, it's actually the hostile hostile. It's a hostile, hostile. Which I love that. How can I? I love the hostile. These are Eric's favorites. I do. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. They're not. It doesn't matter if this card's not going to make it. It's the freaking hostile. hostile. It'll make it into one of my decks eventually. So the hostile, hostile. (laughs) Now, when I see this card, I see Babala Saga's house that's attacking me. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> Literally, that's what I pictured it being. Like, actually, that oh, picture yeah, of creeping house. in yeah. is what I fought. With the, <laughs> that's oh, it. Yeah. That's what the I fought. In, I fought that freaking thing. Yeah, put a thumping on some of you guys. And it was a 3-7. And I was like a measly 1-1. One, one. Like... Yeah, comparatively, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Hostile Hostile. It adds a colorless mana to your mana pool. Or you can pay one, tap it, sacrifice a creature, put a soul counter on Hostile Ooh. Hostile. It eats their soul. Then if there are three or more soul counters... Excuse me. Uh, then if there are three or more soul counters on it, remove those counters, transform it, then untap it. Activate only as a sorcery. It's... Uh, it doesn't have daybound, nightbound, but it's nighttime time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yeah. It's an artifact creature horror construct. Whenever creeping in attacks, you may exile a creature card from your graveyard. If you do, each opponent loses X life and you gain X life, where X is the number of creature cards exiled with creeping in. Um, it also has four mana, creeping in phases out. I don't know how that love that, that uh, goes into the flavor, but I love that. So, love that. Yeah. Love that. Phasing is, we've talked about how phasing is an underrated ability uh, in commander in general that it yeah. solves everything that commander's trying to deal with so, so i love it i just i don't know how often you're getting to creeping in and i agree that that effect is very strong but you gotta somehow get there i don't know i uh i love it i love it mm-hmm. though it's i will so the, the problem i think with this one is because high market is a really good card in commander right Unfortunately, this says sorcery speed, and I think that's just crushing. If it wasn't sorcery speed, I would agree. Hostile Hostile is incredible. I mean, you're not saying that it's an underrated card. Yeah, right? yeah, I'm yeah. just saying it's your favorite. But, oh, man, I just wish that that sacrifice effect was not sorcery speed. And then I, I would instantly put it in every deck. Yeah, I, so I, I honestly saw creeping in first, and I saw hostile, hostile second, and I was reading. I was like, mm. "Oh, this card, like, it's actually not that bad." It's oh yeah, the creeping like, in is mm. cool, but but also not amazing. Even even yeah. the creeping inside, it's like, ah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's like okay, yeah, 
yeah, you can just you can drain some people, and it's big butt, and it'll phase out, so it'll just always be there. Um, but yeah, activating as sorcery for this kind of effect is is pretty brutal. Um, I think if you really, really wanted to do something like, it, see, the problem is, is it doesn't really work in like sacrifice decks too much because usually those creatures right. aren't super big or they're tokens, so you can't use the backside. And if you want to do like put a bunch of big creatures in your graveyard, you really don't want to re or exile them because you want to reanimate them at some point. Right. Um, but you know, it's super cool. <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> I love it. it's called hostile hostile and it steals people's that is uh, I mean, and, and creeping in. And the creeping, creeping in. in. Yeah, that, both good names. I mean, they just went for total flavor on that. Yeah, one. it just phases out too. It's just like also it has phases. So yeah, it's like what? I imagine it's like it hides in the mist and turns into a house, so you can't. It's not a creature anymore, so you can't. You have to wait till it's the upkeep or whatever. That's how I justified gotcha. it. All right, on to my favorite, and now I had to make this my favorite based off principle. Um, I think they're finally. Holy God, did this take a while? Trying to at least talk about the issue in the room. It's tokens. Bloodline Culling. One black black for an instant. Choose one. Target creature gets minus five, minus five until end of turn. Or creature tokens get minus two, minus two until end of turn. They finally have something that can like answer only tokens and not everything else. And I think that's huge. Yeah, and minus five, minus five, that'll do the job most of the time. That'll do the job on any single creature, right? You have to choose one. You can't do both. Right. I wish you could do both. I really I really wish you could do both. I feel like they could have just said do both. Like, why like, not? On a three-mana rare, why not? Yeah. Why not just choose one or both? Have They've like, done like, that in the past. Have, like, kicker two or something on that. Yeah, like, like what, what's 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 it going to hurt in standard even? What's it going to hurt to, like, kill one big creature and then all the tokens yeah, for it, three mana? That's exactly. fine. <laughs> like whatever it does something very specific that's still only going to be like a sideboard card exactly so i do wish that they could choose both modes but i do like that it answers specifically like no my commander's gonna sit around because he's not a token but i like you can't have 30 freaking one ones right now dude yeah like, this is no nuts. there's no like oh remember I mean, all your snakes that you had from everyone drawing yeah get rid of the goddamn snakes let's like have a normal game and like i'll still have my commander but the real question is, is, is it a normal game if I don't have 25 snakes that can all tap? No, you'll, you're all, you cast your commander, there's automatically 25 snakes. By there's the next always snakes. <laughs> it's just like, Eric, why are you getting out your snake token? I'm like, what? <laughs> so, yeah, Bloodline Culling. They, this card needed to be printed. They needed to print more of this effect. They need to print better of this effect. Uh, yeah. This is just the first of, of them doing that. So I, I put it on my favorites list just to say, like, do more of that yeah like yeah this is a start but listen not up enough. all of our wizards of the coast r&d team listeners it's not enough it's not enough hey print one in commander that does this times two right yeah it's just like just destroy all tokens yeah, <laughs> yeah three mana destroy all tokens yeah. for instant speed one block back they yeah, sort I, of have that but i think they yeah they need something also that helps with like oh i have a million like clue tokens or because that's like that's a big thing too. Listen, all I gotta say to all you is I play engineered explosives in all my decks now. And that's just because <laughs> it destroys tokens. And I'd like that is why I play the freaking thing. 
It's a, such a good card. If you yeah. haven't played Engineer of Explosives, play it. It's a good card. Very good card. And I've right. played it in all my decks now. Uh, that's it. Uh, well, let's go best art. Best art of the set. I uh, I said Croaking Counterpart, but that was of... So I had to qualify it again because, god damn, they are printing these extra borders and they look so good. Yeah, we only are going to be counting like the normal... Well, because, yeah, like, so I, ch- I chose Croak and Counterpart out of the normal. I did uh, also pick one out of my, my favorite of the um, extra art is the Jaren Ormondal. Uh, the flip, I mean, they're, they're, they're both yeah. one card and they're both in black and white and they look insane. The so, black white ones, by the way, look so much better than the uh, just the cartoony. Uh, Okay, I kind of like the uh, like. You like the cartoony frilly border. I, I like the comic book style. Of the art. Yeah, the comic book style. Okay, I like the black and white. I mean, I, it's all like the uh, all like the them. legendaries are in black and white, and they look incredible. Yeah. The art is so good. I do like the black and white ones better though, but I like the other ones. Um, yeah, I haven't taken a, a a look really at these ones here. Let me just let me just skim by them. Uh, real quick, but in the meanwhile, I think I love the basic lands. I love the the black and white basic. The black lands, and white basic color. Yeah, yeah. I've always I've said uh, I don't like all of them. I specifically like what is this number two seventy five swamp. That is my shit. I think. Oh no, is it two seventy five? Two seventy three? I can't. Re- three, I think. Three. Okay, two seventy three swamp. Uh. I don't know what they cost on uh, TCG Player or Card Kingdom, but I would want this, a bunch this of is, copies. This is the situation where I like I might buy like the fat pack or the bundle or whatever because those usually come with land packs. Uh, they don't. Not anymore. No, nope. They come with they they come they don't come. This art can only be found, I believe. Uh, maybe you get one in the set booster actually but i think they're only collector this is a collector booster land oh really i thought that yeah been... no fat packs give you the standard set uh lands not the black and white special well you can see how many packs have opened so far <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i get it uh but yeah it, so yeah i'm probably gonna pick up like at least like four of each uh, uh, two seventy three swamp from Innistrad costs a dollar a piece, which okay. makes sense for a basic land that's super special. Yeah, it's like buck a piece. That's like that's like what Snowlands costed when they printed Caldheim, for instance. Right, yeah. they costed a buck a piece because they were snow basics. True. Okay. Uh, so what is next? Well, best the flavor. flavor. I My pick, I you know, I, I picked uh, Flesh Taker. Uh, just because he's a creepy, like, corn, uh, children of the corn fucking dude with a, like, Minotaur oh, helmet. This guy is terrible. Yeah, so it's like, it's like, that is the most terrifying picture of a person that I've seen from, like, horror films before. Mm-hmm. And it's called, it's Flesh Taker, it's 2-2 Human Assassin. His flavor text is a soulless husk of endless hunger. And he like sacrifices creatures because he's out there like killing people and getting stronger. 
I love that he's uh, an assassin, but he's just wielding a cleaver. And he just has a giant cleaver, and he's clearly in a cornfield. I mean, yeah. it's like it's like Sam. It's scary as hell. Uh, so mine, I have two of them that are tied. All right. So the first one is Champion of the Perished. Yes, I love uh, him. So it's a so if you if it's the listeners who have been around for a while, Champion of the Perish was a was a human, and Champion of the Perish rolls around zombies, and they both have the same tribal effect, which is whenever you play a card of that tribe, it's a plus one, plus one counter. I love so, that you can just mess around with a name like that in any English language. Oh, yeah. It's just like, oh, that's very good. Perish to perish. Yeah. It's um, like, wow. My okay. next favorite card is Defenestrate. Because Defenestrate. it's a instant destroy <laughs> creature without flying. <laughs> because, <laughs> because why would it... That, see, this is clearly a card that they came up with the name first. Yeah, and, and then, then they, they were like, well, what does it do? Like, it's got to be a removal spell. And they're like, okay, well, what does it do? Like, well, we haven't made one yet that just kills fly, uh, unflying creatures. Yeah, <laughs> just like, well, like, if you threw them out a window, if they fly, they fly away. That doesn't make any sense. It's like they're being driven by the flavor. That's uh, funny as hell. I, I like that pick. I like that pick. <laughs> uh, all right. That's uh, that's our review. There's the cards looked out for. Midnight Hunt. I mean, overall, what do you think of the set? Now that we've seen basically the whole set. I think it's really cool. I think it's good for standard because it's a definitely a step down in power level than some of the other sets. Um, yeah. Daybound Nightbound yeah. is going to cause a whole bunch of headaches. It sure is. Headache. It sure is. I, it, it causes headaches even thinking about the game. I can't imagine it in an actual Commander game because, again, I haven't played a Commander game yet with that mechanic introduced, but it's going to be annoying. It's going to be a bitch. Yeah. Um, but I think the set overall, I look at it and there's not a lot of commons and uncommons that I like. I have to say that. Like when I look at Adventures of the Forgotten Realm, that might not have been as powerful of a set, but the commons and uncommons were all incredibly playable for Commander. In this set, you will be hard pressed to find a common and uncommon that you want to play. Yeah, there's so many cards that are like, oh, this is good. Oh, it's a sorcery. Or like, oh, it's good. Like, mm, yeah. but it says not. Mm-hmm. Or there like, are just not. So it's, again, I will say I don't recommend buying packs because you're just not going to find a lot. Now, all the rares and mythics, I think that you end up pulling, I think all of them are going to do stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all look fine. They're all f- good cards. Uh, again, if you open the lands, you're happy. You open a land. The mythic cycles aren't great, though, I will say. Like, there's not a lot of really good... There's not a lot of WoW mythics. You know, no, Again, Meat Hook Massacre ended up being the most expensive card of the set. As, right. as, a, as no, the premier mythic. So. What this reminds me of is, like, sets that came out, like, ten years ago or so. Yeah. Um, because we'd get like a couple cards that are good, but we'd really, yeah, it really is right. Yeah. It's like, yeah, out of that set, you remember the three cards that were good and that's like what you remember, but that's all that this set's going to be. It's like, oh yeah, there was that three card thing that came out of that. Now, something I'm interested in, uh, that we can mention at the end of this podcast here is they're coming out with a product that I might want to buy. It's called the, I think it's called like Innistrad double feature or something. It's going to be. Midnight Hunt and Crimson Vow split packs all in black and white theme and it's sold as a box by itself that are only going to be sold at local game stores. You're not going to be able to buy this anywhere else. I could get by that. And that, right. It's like all special art. 
all random cards, all from this set and the next set coming out. I just feel like that's going to be where I want to sit. Like, I don't want to buy this set specifically. I, we'll see what Crimson Vow brings. But, like, a combination of those two sets in black and white theming, a box of that sounds like it's going to be a hoot. Like, that yeah, sounds yeah. like the limited environment's probably going to be insane. Like, it's probably going to yeah. be the most fun you'll ever have. All the art's going to be insanely good. You'll probably get all black and white lands in that box. Ooh, right. good point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're going to find all black and white lands in that box. So, yeah, it's called, like, Double Feature. I think it's going to be like a hundred bucks a box, which is the same price as like a box, a regular draft box. box is. Right. So you're getting like the regular box price, but you're getting a combo pack of this and the next set. So like, yeah, you're not getting a whole box of this set, a whole box of the next set, but you're getting a combo of both, but you're getting a black and white rare art. Like I, I, it just sounds that like sounds the perfect. Great. Yeah. Like I, I feel like that's where I'm going to be. Like that's the box I want for Christmas. It comes out in January of the next year. So yeah. Okay. We'll maybe mention it again later on. Uh, what are we going to be talking about next week, though? We're going to get back to D&D. Oh, baby. Uh, you know, and uh, for all of our listeners out there, we just finished the first campaign. Which we'll cover that, yeah, for sure yeah. next week. Yeah, we'll cover that at the beginning um, of the, the episode. So I have been hard at work writing and world building for the entirely homebrew campaign that I'm doing. So Hell it's yeah. also been nice to take a break from talking about D and D for a little bit, just because that's what I've been. Uh, Cause we're in a hiatus as it is. We're in yeah. a hiatus, So works out, but we're going to get back into it with our uh, resident bard expert. Ah, I have, I have played the bard and man, when I looked at the class, I got to say, there's a lot I missed out on. <laughs> yeah. Part, part of that is like some of the restrictions I put on just because. Yeah. Part of that's restrictions. Part of that's I don't, I, I multi-class, which we'll talk about. And part of that is, uh, we only got to, yeah. Well, I mean, I was only like a level nine bard in the end. Like, yeah, I didn't really get up there in levels, which if you're not right. up there, I feel like you really experience a class at like level 16, like when you're in the class, oh, then you know what I mean? Rolling. You get yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You got to be in the, like, I think level 12 is the minimum of like, okay, you're in the class now. This this is the abilities that you look at. You're like, oh, this will be cool when I have Yeah, that. yeah. But it's like, it starts at level 12 and, and yeah, advances to level 17 is like, that's the meat of the class. Right. And I, think, I didn't get there. So yeah, so some of the classes get there a little sooner. Um, yeah, yeah, I like barbarians. I'd argue do right. <laughs> yeah, they're like I get level five. They're like I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm not a freaking barbarian. Exactly. <laughs> what about next time we get to magic? So magic, we're gonna do the commander product review. Yeah. So that'll yep. be fun. That's usually yeah. any the, uh, any extra extraneous products too that we might have missed during this current period. No, no, no. We were just um, waiting for this one to come out. Honestly, Man, yeah. By the, by the time we get to that, yeah. on more products, more extraneous. I, I imagine a, a secret layer might pop crop up by then. Ooh. I'm imagining. Uh, if, if it does, we'll talk about it for sure. Uh, maybe we'll, we'll talk about, I'll, I'll go over this double feature product again for all you guys. Just, yeah, that one. just, just to talk about that out. again. Yeah. Just to figure out the details of that, but yeah, that's what we're going to go over. So cool. A lot coming up. All right. Well, Shit, let's go back to party. I think we should man. go back to the party. Yeah, it's a good party. This is a good party. We're cruising. I got. You know what I'm going to do with this? The rest of this whiskey, though. So I'm oh. I'm at the end of the bottle, and what I'm going to do with all my whiskeys that are that are this close to the end? I'm starting this infinity bottle. Ooh. Have you had? Have you experienced I, an infinity I bottle? I've not experienced it, but I've heard about it. Where you just like, yeah. Explain it. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, so so at the end of every bottle, like I right now, I have literally like a single drink in in this bottle left, and you pour it into your infinity bottle, and you just keep doing that to all of your bottles that have that little bit left, and eventually that infinity bottle is an amalgamation of all the whiskeys you've had over the years, and it just it when you mix whiskeys, it it they they always work out. Right. I mean, like you can always miss whiskey. You just never know what you're going to get. So you can mix this with all the other whiskeys I have downstairs. And it just makes this beautiful thing. That's just going to be a different whiskey that no one else ever has owned. (laughs) So that's your infinity bottle. And it's going to be, I have this cool infinity bottle. It's, um, it's like a, uh, glass or a globe with a glass, uh, ship in the middle designed. Ooh, cool. So the whiskey is going to kind of be like the, the glass ship is going to be floating on the whiskey in the bottle, in the orb as it spins. That's and then there's cool. two like world glasses sitting on either side of it. So like, as I invite people to have a drink with me from the infinity glass, you grab one of each glass and you just pour it. That's gotta be, you gotta have a cool bottle. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. No, you can't have an infinity bottle without first having a cool infinity bottle. And I haven't started it yet. So this is going to probably start it. The Uh, first one. There you go. That'll keep, this will be the subplot of the Dragon Party podcast. That'll be the first one in. I I have another couple bottles that are, that are basically this empty as well that I know like one more drink from them and they're going in the bottle as well. So I'm I'm close to, to start really assembling uh, what the infinity bottle is going to be. So I'm excited for that, that journey there. Anyway, uh, let's go back to partying. That's all I had to say about Infinity Bottles. Now you know. (laughs) Thank you, Infinity Bottle Podcast. And all you listeners out there, party on!